Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Billable Hour podcast. I'm your host, Liam, and this is your other host, Kephas. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, yeah, so today we're going to be discussing the old cliche in law as, well, why choose law? Why would you want to be a lawyer of some description? So, Kephas, I want to ask you, uh, what was your journey into doing law? What made you decide you wanted to become a lawyer? Kefis, that's interesting. Uh, normally he calls me Kef, guys. But, I mean, starting off, I think in GCSEs, I started off wanting to do some sort of undergraduate in sociology or history. Uh, I knew that I was really interested in not only learning how things worked, but learning when things happened to shape whatever it is that I'm learning about or however it is that, you know, society or whatever law or anything like that. Um, and then it was a gradual progression until I reached A-levels when I took up uh, three, three A-levels, sociology, history and business. Um, when I began to realize that, hmm, I feel like law is something that I can actually do. Because uh, besides from just the fact that sociology and history are inextricably linked to law, they not only mold the policies and the legislation that we see now, but also it's just very important to know as a lawyer about, you know, just different elements of history and other parts like that. So I realized, hmm, maybe it wouldn't be preferable for me to do sociology or even history, but I could do law because law is very powerful. I, I know that law is a very powerful subject. I know that it's something that's very important to know because I think I wrote this in my personal statement when I was uh, applying for university. I wrote that the law is all-encompassing. And it's really, really interesting that not enough people are actually, you know, bothering themselves to learn little bits of it. Obviously not being experts, but just, you know, like trying to understand a bit more about what the law entails and how it came about really um yeah so that was sort of my overall thought process coming into it and when i reached year 13 at the end of it i'd sort of made the the great leap forward <laughs> uh to try and uh to try and get into the best university that i could uh i, I applied for quite a few southampton exeter york uh, i believe st mary's twickenham and i think uh, maybe Warwick. I, I can't remember properly, but yeah, I think it was that five. Um, so I got an unconditional from St. Mary's and I did get two offers. Oh, it was from Lancaster, actually. Sorry. Yeah, Lancaster was my fifth option. So I got uh, the three. It was St. Mary's, Lancaster and Exeter. And I firmed Exeter and my insurance was Lancaster, uh, both being LLB Law. Uh, so yeah, I had that set in stone now. Um, I had my predicted grades, everything like that. And I was like, yeah, okay, here we go. So I made the push. I kept studying. I revised more than I ever had. I had so much in my brain uh, just being jammed in, more than I'd ever, uh, you know, ever taken in during my GCSEs. It was a completely different world. Uh, and I realized very, very quickly that this was just the tip of the iceberg. But for some reason, I don't know if that makes me a maniac or something, I huh. found it really exciting. I thought that the idea of working so hard at something and knowing that eventually you will succeed at it was was very interesting uh i, I really liked it um so yeah fast forward to the end of year 13 
received their grades and I got accepted into LLB Law with Business, uh, which was a bit of a uh, a bit of a change because I hadn't met the grades to go into straight law at Streatham. So I was uh, bumped and I moved on to the LLB course um, on uh, the Penrine campus, which is where you and I met. Um, and yeah, going into first year, it, it was different. Um, obviously, coming into different personalities and obviously being so far away from home, it was a bit like, hmm, uh, I'm not sure if I'm super comfortable. Uh, I, I feel like that was something uh, that was shared amongst, I think, everyone else that was coming into it. Uh, yeah. It was a completely new environment. Uh, you know, and naturally, no matter how outgoing you are, no matter how extroverted you are, it is a bit uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I think fortunately I was able to get over it because of the great people that I surrounded myself around. I had great flatmates, and uh, I great I made uh, I met a couple of my really good friends there in the first couple of days, so it made my journey a lot easier there. But talking about the law itself and how it sort of developed, I hadn't done as much research as I would have hoped into, obviously there's being a barrister, there's a solicitor, there's the path you can take through Silex, um, there's, there's, there's other avenues, but obviously I'd only known about the two. Uh, I hadn't really uh, thought to leave myself as many options. And so I sort of moved on and I kept doing as much research as I could into the different professions and at the time it felt like I was more so aligned with a solicitor because I hadn't yet made the push to sort of be a bit more outgoing um, and sort of I don't know making it so that I have the opinions formed by myself and my friends or whoever it is so in the example of a moot uh, I, I don't think I'd worked up the courage to be able to be the one standing up and being the one to be judged and criticized at the time so yeah i had stuck with that uh and yeah it, it was something that i felt like i wouldn't have to challenge myself for as much i felt like if i could do adequate enough research if i could try and be the, the best possible um at being a solicitor you know the the different aspects of it i felt like i'd do well enough uh, it wouldn't have to take me too much out of my comfort zone so eventually, when I came out to um, my third year, I'd done a bit of debating, a bit of mooding. Oh, um, sorry. Go on. Can I just so, um, so you're talking about how you didn't really have the experience, uh, like of putting yourself out there in public yeah. speaking, and like, yeah, you know, putting yourself out there so people could like judge yeah. what you're yeah. saying. Um, so I just wanted to call you back to first year really quickly and ask you about um the tribunal the work tribunal thing that we did if you remember that first right because you, you know, gave that, that the legal opinion that completely left my mind actually um, yeah no I, I would love you to talk about that because as far as i know that was your first time when you actually spoke in like a simulated legal environment as not quite a barrister but close to it yeah so could you enough. give your thoughts on how that whole experience was oh yeah brilliant see uh, thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> I yeah, no problem. Forgotten. I guess, um, yeah. So we'd had an employment tribunal. Uh, the case, I believe, was uh, constructive dismissal. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. It was constructive dismissal. And I'd prepped something. Uh, 
And I remember that I had something completely different the night before. And then my group of solicitors, they just sent me, um, they, like, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're practicing pretending being solicitors. Um, and then they sent me a whole new thing. They were like, Kephas, please, please put this in or please put that in. And this was literally like, this was like 1130 in the evening. I just want to go to bed. I just want to read what I have. And I was like, oh, God, okay. So then I started to edit in. I was like, oh, okay. And then the more I started to look into the argument that we had, the more I started to realize, okay, I see now why they started to point things out. Uh, there were many holes in our arguments. Uh, it didn't follow a specific line of reasoning. Uh, I, I felt like it was all over the place. So yeah, it was good that they, they interjected there and I was able to make some adjustments. I probably fell asleep at like two. Uh, but thankfully, the actual tribunal itself was pretty late. What was it, like around four or something? Yeah, I it was like it being, three. Yeah, I remember it being yeah quite late. Um, so well, I had plenty of time. Um, so yeah, so moving on to that, it came up to the point where um, we're, we're in now. Uh, we're in a nice little uh, sort of court scenario that our university had. It looked brilliant. It looked really, yeah. really legit. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. Um, so everyone had done the cross-examination, examination-in-chief, and all of that. And then it came to me making the closing submission. And uh, like, I, like I said earlier, um, I hadn't gotten as much um, experience of being very outgoing. Um, it wasn't something that I'd done much during my A-levels or GCSEs. So when it came to it, I was shaking. But thankfully, thankfully, they said, hey, don't worry. All of you guys don't have to get up. You guys can all just sit down. Everyone doing the submissions can sit down. Um, and everyone who was doing cross-examination, examination-in-chief, they were sitting down as well. Yeah. So thankfully, uh, you know, because I felt like I would have made an absolute fool of myself if I'd sit <laughs> up at the point, just my hands shaking, you hear the paper, and that's all everyone can focus on. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, then it got to me. Um, I said my piece. And... I finished it. I, I got up. They were like, okay, um, the judge needs to deliberate. So then we went out and then everyone started to come up to me. They're like, okay. They're like, Kefas, okay, that was brilliant. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, okay. I thought that was kind of rubbish, to be honest. Uh, I don't know why you're thinking it's really good. Uh, but they're like, yeah, no, um, I thought the way you delivered it was really, really, really good. And I was like, well, that's surprising given that I felt like it was shaky and I didn't feel like I was very confident, but thank you. But I feel like in my head that opened a little tiny door where it was like, hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe you could succeed as a barrister. Maybe. That was the first inclination I ever had that I could maybe succeed at it. So then obviously it came to uh, the judgment and when we went back in, uh, he had ruled heavily in the favor of my group. Um, and I believe he yeah. gave some commendation to uh, the submission itself that I made. And I was obviously bloody, <laughs> I was bloody pleased with myself. I, yeah. I was very surprised. Um, and then I, I felt like I got maybe a bit too much praise for it because uh, everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, you, um, you sort of carried it. And I was like, well, no, <laughs> probably not because it was an entire group of people that wrote it with me. So obviously it's not just my uh, doing. I think I just made the good thing of not just having 15 voice cracks and, I don't know, <laughs> stuttering my words, you know. And yeah, 
So after that, I left. We were already happy. Um, we had a little bit of celebration, nothing like drinking or anything like that. We were literally just walking from the uh, court place to our dorms. And we were all just talking about it. We can stop talking about it. It was, it was brilliant. Um, and I think from that point on, yeah, yeah, like I said earlier, it did open the door, a door in my mind to say, okay, maybe I should try pursuing that. Um, uh, obviously, through lockdown, um, I feel like I probably hadn't done as much as I could have to try and seek some more experience in either being a barrister or being a solicitor because I know they had a lot of online work experience. I know that um, Clifford Chance, Linklaters, they had quite a few of those going on. I wasn't managing to get onto those because, uh, you know, all those things going on at the time. Um, yeah. it, is a bit, it, it is a bit of a shame that I didn't. It's disappointing because I feel like it would have really been quite useful for me to get uh, a good insight into it because besides from the open day that we had in first year uh, I hadn't had much legal experience besides for being an intern so yeah fast forward to my third year and now all the COVID stuff has relaxed significantly we're able yeah. to do actual proper mutes, um, moots now and yeah, I decided to put myself into our in-house sort of Exeter Penryn mooting competition. And I think it was a case about the Equality Act. Uh, and I was the respondent. And coming into it, I came in with my partner. Uh, he was really good. He, he helped me to craft a pretty solid argument. Very robust. Uh when I when it came up to the day, uh, obviously I, I was bricking it. Um, yeah, it, it as didn't you'd feel, expect. Yeah, it didn't really feel that good coming into it. But then, obviously, once I got in, once you're standing up there, the adrenaline takes over, and you're not really that worried anymore. I think that's the thing, because I think, as you probably know, because you, I know you did a fair amount of mutes in your in your first year. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I, I know you, I know you did a couple at least. And I know it's the fear and it's the anticipation that gets you. Yeah, it is the anticipation is the killer. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Um, because when you're up there, you're like, hmm, not really that bad, is it? It's yeah. nowhere near as bad as your mind is conjuring up. Uh, uh, at the time, it's probably the scariest thing you could ever do. Nothing else could have equated to the amount of fear. You know, it's danger <laughs> time. But anyways, so third year, um, all of that, I came up. And I made my submission, and um, my learned friends uh, on the opposition <laughs> uh, made their submissions as well. And it came to be that I managed to rank second. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever done anything of the sort, like standing up and actually being the um, being the barrister, I suppose, in that case. And I felt like it, it, it sort of showed that there was a sort of inclination that a part of me wasn't fully trying to embrace because he was desperately trying to keep his options of being a solicitor as open as possible and sort of trying like a part of my brain was trying to ignore that you know i could be decent uh, I, I could be a decent barrister if i um if i kept on building up my experience and doing some more debating and mooting um but yeah, sorry. I feel like I've been dragging on a bit now. And I do want to hear, before I go into the phase that I'm in now, I want to hear your 
experience and i want to hear your why law really <laughs> well okay so well thank you for that mm. um my journey into choosing law wasn't as straightforward as yours so initially when i was well a teenager when i was around 14 uh, i wanted to do computer science as a degree and as a career mm. um i was really into computers um i was i learned how to program i knew how to do python javascript html those type of things learned them through self-teaching and also through computer science gcse which i took uh, all of my friends were into computers computer science and games so that was kind of where my head was at at 14 and i thought that would be what i would do uh, when mm. i grew up but uh <laughs> life had different plans for me <laughs> yeah. um so i mean ultimately what led to me changing from doing computer science was that you know computer science is a very maths heavy degree and if yep. you want to do a computer science degree that like is you know like fundamental pure computer science you mm. need to be good at maths you need to do maths at a level and you know, i'm not terrible at maths but just i don't enjoy it enough for it to be something that i would I would realistically be able to succeed at. So I had to sit down after my GCSEs and had a rethink about what I actually wanted to do. And so I thought to myself that, well, you know, I love history. I've always loved history since I was a kid. The horrible history books really opened that up to me. Was, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, when I was like six, I... Not six. Whoa, that's way too young. When I was like eight, I read a bunch of them. Like, I'm pretty sure for... The entirety of me being eight years old, I was just reading horrible histories books. I loved Brilliant. Them. Can't complain. I loved them so much. Um, <laughs> and so, loved history. Uh, I loved politics, uh, economics, all of that. All these social sciences, humanities things about the study of well, society and how people have organized themselves all appealed to me. And so, when I did my A-levels, I decided to do politics and economics and biology. But don't ask about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, but how did biology go, though? I'm curious. How did it go? No, biology was a disaster. <laughs> well, not a disaster, but it wasn't. It ultimately wasn't the right choice. Um, but just keeping my options open at A levels because I thought maybe I would do something sciencey, but that obviously didn't pan out. <laughs> yeah. But so I did government and politics and economics because those are the two social sciences that really appealed to me the most yep. and i thought to myself that i would do law when i got to university because well you know everybody finds the law somewhat interesting it's, there's a reason why lawyer programs are so popular on tv and yep. so i suppose i fell a bit for the marketing the you know <laughs> the prestige that law has in that regard but i thought to myself you know if i don't enjoy the degree it's still well, a good degree to have. It opens doors to anything in business, and I knew ultimately I'd work in something in business because yeah. I like business. <laughs> um, so, you know, eventually, uh, time comes, we get to year 13, it's time to start applying, and I apply for a bunch of law degrees across the country. So I applied for Exeter, obviously, just yes. like this. Um, I applied for Nottingham, I applied for Liverpool, Manchester, and one other but i don't really remember um and so my first choice was exeter and my second choice was liverpool um and so but we're curious actually just one question why yes? was it liverpool because i haven't heard many people applying for liverpool i haven't heard um, a lot about it so do you well, remember why you'd applied for it at the time yeah i remember why um you know uh two reasons why one 
um, as unfortunate as it is with the law, prestige of the university you go to matters. Yeah. Uh, and Liverpool is a Russell group, but it's mm. a Russell group that has a relatively low entry requirements oh, to right. get into for okay. law. And so yeah. I thought, you know, worst case scenario, I go to Liverpool, lovely city, um, and, you know, the entry requirements aren't too taxing. I'm not saying they're easy, but they're not too taxing. Yeah. I yeah. believe I was offered for ABB to get in, um, and my Exeter offer was a AAB, I yeah. believe. Was yours yeah. similar? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it was one great less because I thought it wouldn't, you know, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't be too bad. And ultimately, it wasn't. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, that's the general rule of thumb, though. Uh, very few people are going to apply for their insurance and have it be the exact same grade requirements or higher. It's always going to yeah. be generally a bit lower. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, results day comes around. Um, I get an offer from Exeter, but for a different campus. And that's where you and me met. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I accepted because I wanted to go to Exeter. It looked like a lovely university. Um, and ultimately it was. It was a brilliant three years there that we had, if I can say so for the both of us. <laughs> Amazing. The absolute best. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like... Um, just sorry. Um, I don't no, know if on. you wanted to say something uh, quickly. But I feel like Exeter doesn't get enough love. I don't feel like it gets enough appreciation because you and I talk about it a lot. And we say how amazing the university was. Um, yeah. The campus was literally five seconds away from all the dorms we lived in in first year. Yeah. The teaching was great. Uh, the admin, which is a really important side of being at a university, yeah, was you take perfect. it for granted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, while, while, while we're on that topic, just a short <laughs> story here. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm doing a master's degree at Queen Mary's currently, as you're aware. Yeah. Um, and so on that topic of how you take the admin for granted um at queen mary i've had several issues with like um submission points not mm. being where they're supposed to be or assignments being released late etc and so you have to chase that up and it adds a layer of anxiety for something that's already you're quite worried about because yeah. you know ultimately it's a piece of work that determines what your grade's going to be and when the submission point isn't there that's quite terrifying <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Regardless, at Exeter, that never happened. We never had admin problems like that. Um, and whenever not there never. Was... Oh, go oh, on. Go on. You sound uh, yeah, like you were going to say, say it. Yeah. I was going to say, whenever there was an admin issue, it was normally something like, you know, the IT system goes down and they go, okay, we're so sorry about that, guys. Three-day extension. They just <laughs> yeah. give you loads of extra time because of their mistake. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that, that's how it should always be with any university. The minute that there's a mess up on their end, there should be some sort of, I guess, reparation to yeah. the students. Yeah, but to get away from this tangent and go yeah, back yeah. to the original point. Yeah. So, yeah, I get to Exeter. Um, I think to myself, I probably want to be a solicitor because while public speaking is something I can do, the stress of it, I just, I don't like it. Uh, I... Mm. <laughs> yeah, so and obviously I tried to push my comfort zone, like you said. So um, that same tribunal, I also had a speaking role in it. Yeah, um, I was one of the cross examiners of the witnesses because you and me were on the same team. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, I asked questions to the witnesses. I don't remember who I questioned or what questions I even asked. Um, but yeah, could it have I been Nana? Um, her? No, I don't think no. I questioned him. 
I think that was the one of the other people, mm. one of the other, you know, yeah. cross-examiners, yeah. but it wasn't yeah. me. But either way, so I tried that out, and then later on in first year, I also tried <laughs> to do a moot, just, you know, really test if being a barrister is something I would enjoy. Mm. Um, and so my moot was, ultim- was about, um, it was a criminal case, it was an appeal on a point of law about, I don't remember what the crime was exactly, the crime was something like, um, harassment causing fear, something like that. Um, and the point of law was just about was the was the threshold met for the crime to have actually been committed. Hmm. Um, and so I was the junior counsel in that, and ultimately my team won the the moot. Um, I had, had a score of eighty out of a hundred, and my 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 senior counsel I think had one of about eighty five to ninety something like that out of a hundred. So we did quite well. We won that one. I, similar to you, the the nerves beforehand are a lot more stressful killer. than yeah, they're they're killer. <laughs> the nerves beforehand are a lot worse. But once you stand up and you start speaking, if they melt away, um, I don't know about you, but for my one, I had a lot of judicial intervention where the judge would stop me constantly to ask me questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most people found that quite stressful but I didn't really I loved it that the judge stopped me to ask questions because it meant I didn't have to focus on the script I had in my head and could just have a conversation yeah. instead um, so yeah that was it was it was an enjoyable experience overall but I learned from that that I got no real reward from it, it I just felt stressed out up until I did it just for no real reward from me I know people are different some people get a rush from it I don't really I was yeah. stressed the whole time. It was just it was the, the pit in your stomach and you were like, yeah, okay. You know, yeah. I'm not feeling good enough from it. So yeah, I'm not really into it. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Um, so that was me testing out if I wanted to be a barrister or not. I already kind of knew I didn't want to be, but I thought I'd give it a fair shout. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, yeah, I decided being a solicitor is more for me. I tested this out. I did some work experience in Botswana for it. Um, before uh, please, I came don't, to university. Don't skim out on that, because I was going to mention earlier, because I was thinking when you went from um, the beginning of your story with computer science, you started off from when you were in Botswana. Um, I thought you were going to talk about Armstrong's. Yeah, well, I might as well go back to it now, though. Um, yeah, rewind. Yeah, <laughs> I'll rewind a bit. So before I even went to Exeter, I... Um, in year 12 and year 13, I did some work experience at a law firm in Botswana. Hmm. Um, this is because I grew up in Botswana. Um, you know, my dad still works there to this day, kind of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he managed to organize something for me because I'd said to him, I'm interested in doing law. And so, and my and my school required that we did work experience for that for a week, and so I took that week off in year twelve to go to Botswana and get some work experience at a law firm there. And so the firm was called Armstrong's, and I was shadowing a attorney there uh, who did family law, and I got a taste of everything of what it was like to practice law in Botswana, hmm. and I. I thought it was very cool. I thought it kind of lives up to what you imagine it's like in the movies, the way they did it in Botswana, but that's because <laughs> they have a fused legal system there, so attorneys speak in court. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I was there. I did a lot of 
document reviews, bundling. I spoke with a client in a client meeting. That was the scariest thing I'd ever done in my life at that point, because that was on a real matter. I really can't believe I was asked to do that right now, but <laughs> it happened. Um, and also, I got to see the attorney I was shadowing, you know, make arguments in court. It was all very cool. And how was what... it? Like, I'm watching her stand up there. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it, I don't know. It wasn't like... It's obviously not like in the movies. It's a lot more dry than in the movies. But it was still very interesting. Especially because I played a part in some of that. Because I remember on the drive to the court. So, so we were driving from Haberone to Lobatse. Because that's where the high court is. And this had something to do with um, a... Sorry, um, an intestate uh, will, basically. So okay. about the default rules of succession, etc. Um, Great show. One of the one of the benef beneficiaries was contesting it basically and so i remember on the drive up to the high court it was me the attorney i was shadowing and two like trainees and we were all in there and we were handed a bunch of files like me and the trainees a bunch of files to read and and then um rita that was the attorney i was shadowing she asked us you know look at these does this have any relevance to what we're doing because i don't fully remember but it was it was something like that mm. and so yeah, it was just really cool. The thing I was handed had absolutely no relevance, so I said as such. They fact-checked me to see, you know, if the uh, sixth-form student actually knew what they were doing. And, I mean, I was I was right. I, it had nothing to do with what we were doing. Um, but, yeah, overall, that was a very cool experience. And that, again, further solidified my interest in why I wanted to do a law degree. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Okay, a bit of a disjointed way of telling that story. <laughs> no, no, it, it works well. But actually, now you remind me um, that I completely skipped the uh, law experience that I had when I was in year 13. Yes, of and course. And it's, <laughs> it's, uh, this is going to be a very, very, very short tangent. It's just really funny because I was at a law firm called The Letter Shores. And during that time, I did a lot of the basic admin stuff that you would expect an intern to do. Did a bunch of archiving, a lot of case files. I read a few cases because the cases that went through a letter show were mostly about fair evasion, occasional family stuff, but it was a very small firm. So their main bread and butter was the fair evasion stuff and the family stuff. But during that time, there was a case going on about uh, a guy. And he was in possession of some illegal materials. Um, and it was the lead barrister of the case, uh, a guy named Simon Shannon. And he was the person that I first met, I think, near the end of my week there. Because what happened was it, it, it sort of extended beyond, slightly beyond the week that we were meant to be doing because I was really interested into it because it was only the one week but then they came in and just dropped the mother load on me and said hey um, there's this really cool case uh, we'd love if you you know you went along and then observed it obviously in the public gallery I'm not allowed to be next to him because that may confuse things but yeah it was in the public gallery and he stood up um, when the judge came in but when I was in the public gallery, I sort of had my notes out and I was way too zoned in on what I was going to be writing. Uh, I was thinking, okay, what points of law could be happening? You know, what, what, what could be tackled here? What could he say? What could he do? 
I didn't realize that everyone had stood up <laughs> for the oh, judge. Oh, no. <laughs> I've told you this story before. Yeah. Um, and then he came in, and then there's complete silence. And the whole time, my head's buried inside of my notebook, literally pen to paper. I'm literally scribbling. I'm like, okay, it could be this. And it's just a bunch of lines and question marks. And then I look up, and everyone is looking at me. Every single person inside of the court is looking at me. And I'm like, oh, God. And then the, um, the usher is like, all rise like he yells it again oh, as loud gosh. as possible i'm like oh god and i stand up literally as quickly as any person in history could have stood up i stood up and i was like oh god and then <laughs> he just the judge raised an eyebrow and then just sat down and then i was like okay brilliant and then fast forward to the end of the of the um the hearing for that day uh same thing happened um it concluded and then you know i probably had about four or five pages of just things i was writing on um and then obviously the judge stood up again with the all rise but again what's happening liam you're still I'm, sitting down <laughs> i'm <laughs> sat firmly like a rock oh god <laughs> and this time it's not just the usher that says all rise the judge looks directly at me because i'm the oh, only no. person in the public gallery <laughs> and he's like all rise you're meant to stand up and the judge stands up and i'm like wait please i'm like i'm sorry i literally stand up i look really sheepish i i can't even look at the judge in the eye at this point i'm like okay my my eyes off to the left i'm looking at the marshal who's right next to him i'm like nope <laughs> i can't deal with this i'm so sorry um, but yeah no sorry that was just a brief tangent um really stupid i couldn't believe it but yeah sorry uh sorry liam go on um no i'm just I'm surprised that you would even want to be a barrister. I, I don't think I'd ever want to see a judge again after that. <laughs> yeah, I just have some PTSD the minute I step into it. My legs are just shaking. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, wow. Um, I'm sorry, I don't really remember where, where I was before. I mean, I explained the work experience that I did in Botswana. I don't think there's much more. Actually, no, there is more to say on it. Yeah. Um, so that was my first one, my first time there at Armstrong's. Hmm. Um, then went back to school, finished off year 12. Year 13 happens. I do my A-levels. And then I go back to Botswana for a second round of work experience there because, you know, um, Rita, the attorney I was shadowing, you know, liked me. And so she said, you're welcome to come back next year. And so I came back the following year and i was there instead of for just one week i was there for three weeks um so i did three weeks of work experience there i was there monday to friday every every day for those three weeks and um i did all kinds of things i mean it was not any more interesting than the first time around it was just a lot more met a lot more people in the business as well so again it was photocopying things creating bundles i wrote my own affidavit of service so that was the first time i ever did any legal drafting because i well served files to opposition opposing counsel um in some case that they were doing i don't remember mm. um and so i had to write my own affidavit of service that was then filed in the high court in botswana so if you look through the public records my name's in there somewhere really <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Hey, hold they, on. i mean they should keep those for a long time so they should still be there unless they've been destroyed by now but as far as i'm aware <laughs> my name's in the records i'll keep an note of that i'll look at it later <laughs> <laughs> um 
but yeah, um, I don't think there's anything else I did. I mean, I did another client meeting as well. That was, again, really terrifying. Um, but, you know, they're all very nice. Nobody nobody held it against me that I was just a student. Because it's not like I was giving legal advice or anything. I was just yeah. helping them sign some documents and stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's how it went. I loved the experience. It was really good. It's what... I think it's what really encouraged me to pursue a degree in law and to be a solicitor because I liked all the office stuff of it because that's what it's like as a solicitor in practice even in the UK it's just <laughs> office stuff rather than um, speaking in court because that's only something barristers can do unless you're a solicitor advocate mm. um, <clears throat> yeah but I think that's all I have on that so I mean back to my time at Exeter yes. um, so you know did my three three years there um not much more to say on that and then i decided to do a master's just because i wanted to explore more areas of law before i decided to go into work hmm. um because while our degree in exeter was brilliant i i really have very few complaints about it the only thing i would complain about is that we didn't have as much module variety as i would have liked we were kind yeah. of railroaded in what we could do hmm. um and that so was the I nature wanted... of the degree, though. Yeah, it was the nature yeah. of the degree. Knew what I was signing up for from first year, so... Yeah. Um, but so I decided to do a master's so that I could explore much more areas of law that I'm interested in. So this year, because I'm still currently doing my master's, I'm going to finish in a couple months' time. Um, I decided to get an, explore different areas of law. So I did an entertainment law module, um, a sports law one. I've done tax law modules, mergers and acquisitions, etc. I've gotten a much better feel for all areas of law. Uh, well, not all, but, you know, the areas of law that actually interest me. Yeah. And, yeah, it's been very fascinating. I've, I've learned quite a lot. Um. But yeah, so you you would pass it on to me to explain my journey there for why law and why I've decided I would want to be a solicitor. Mm. Um, so you said you had something in mind for once I had explained that. Oh yeah, it's just because um, I hadn't obviously finished yeah uh, everything that I wanted to say, but it would have been stuff after I'd graduated, uh, principally. So I was like, before I lead off into that story, I feel like I'd love to hear, or we would love to hear what it is that you went through and how it is that you got here you know i was a bit bored of hearing my own voice so <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but no i think yeah thanks for that liam uh, it was really really good to hear that uh, thank you because i think most of the people who may be listening won't have heard of others getting legal work experience in another country um even if it is a commonwealth country like botswana is yeah um you, you know you won't hear many people doing it. i think it's a really interesting um uh really interesting piece of work experience but yeah going on to my thing now um after i'd graduated um i sought to get probably as much work experience or legal work experience or anything in that sphere because obviously as we both know um, I feel like the key to becoming a successful lawyer, albeit, you know, uh, bar being, you know, the best intellectually, uh, the most hardworking individual, uh, the key is understanding how important business is to being a lawyer. Because well, when I was uh, doing my brief stint at Manac Solicitors, yeah. it had been that 
the supervisor that I had, uh, Samir, he had told me that law is about, or being a solicitor or uh, or a barrister is about maybe 50%, maybe 40%, like actually law stuff, like 60% business. Because it's yeah. very transactional. Um, you're handling fees. You're handling, um, you know, you're handling the uh, the clerks if you're a barrister. You're handling paralegals. You're handling so many different things uh, on the business side that often you could just probably put on your tagline um, solicitor uh, businessman, to be honest, or barrister businessman, because that's what you're doing. You're always building up your personal business, whether or not you're self-employed or um, as a barrister or you're working uh, at a law firm as a solicitor, you know? Yeah, because it's and, a it, it's a reputation yeah. business. Yeah, um, it's about how how powerful your name, whether it's your firm or actually your own name, that's what carries the most weight in the business. Exactly, because Samir was the I'd say probably the absolute best in the region uh, for fair evasion, and he got lots and lots and lots and lots of business by just being the best and understanding how to market himself as, I suppose, a businessman. So, yeah, I was looking um, to get as much uh, commercial work experience as I could and getting as much law experience as I could. Um, obviously, that's still in the process. I'm, I'm trying to get many pupilages and trying to get some more law experience, but I have gotten a fair deal of commercial um, I've been, you know, an EA, an executive assistant at a tutoring company. Yeah. And I was able to get a really, really good insight into how just regular business works, um, how important it is to find the best people possible to work, especially because the company that I was working at was very small. And she had to make sure that every single person that was put on understood the core values of the company. Um, it's not just, hey, you guy, you want to, you know, get paid or, you know, just to do some some work. No, you have to understand the formula as it were. You have to understand what it is that it took for her to, to make this business and what she's doing to make sure the business is running. Because she was very or is very, very, very hardworking. Um, so I was yeah. able to get a good insight into the business side of things. And I was also able to get a little tiny bit of work experience, legal work experience, because I was filing some of her small claims forms for her because oh, she had okay. a lot of things to do. I, I mean, there was a bit of surprise there. Did I not mention that to you before? I don't think you have mentioned that to me before, but maybe no. I've just forgotten. But I think the reason why is because it was not much to say. <laughs> it was um, just really small forms, you know, um, writing down the sequence of events for a claim she was making against one of her former clients and stuff like that, you know. And yeah, um, I was also able to do a lot of stuff with Bookworm, um, getting onto the, um, the business side and also the legal side, because, you know, I'm the practicing chief compliance officer for Bookworm. Yeah. And um, that, that, that was definitely, um, is definitely a lot of hard work. Uh, it requires a pretty fair amount of knowledge because um, obviously not, none of what I'm doing is actual like legal advice or anything like lawyery. I'm not doing anything like that that required me to be uh, practicing or qualified. But just yeah. uh, writing and drafting things is very, very, very difficult. 
because you'll go through maybe six or seven drafts and then you'll pre- i'll present it in the uh in the company meeting and then i'll be like hey this is good uh, is this good uh, maybe this is good and then we're literally working on it w- with what is meant to be probably the final draft then there's three more drafts after you know um it it, it gives me a little bit of an insight into the day-to-day of being a lawyer uh practicing um ideally uh, I, I would hope that I think maybe in the next few months, as the podcast keeps on going, um, you'll be hearing week by week, because I think that's what we're planning on doing. Yeah, I think yeah. weekly by weekly, maybe, depending. Yeah. Weekly, um, we'll, we'll be saying, um, giving little updates about what we're doing, namely in the, in the legal sphere, um, because Liam has been doing some really cool things on the uh, side of being a solicitor, but I'm guaranteeing he's going to tell you about it later on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll be give, keeping you guys up to date about my journey into becoming a barrister because I am starting my bar course in August and I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, I think Liam knows I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just really looking forward to getting back into it again uh, because I, I do really miss school (laughs) so yeah uh i think uh, as it goes on you guys will be hearing a lot more about my mini pupillages i'm looking to get into the um, fru um, and also because of my scholarship i'm able to do the mooting a lot easier i'm able to join the uh, committee uh, make certain uh, decisions and yeah it'll be very interesting i'll be able to tell you guys all about it but just the final bit on my work experience or experience in law um, I was marshalling Judge Gumpert um, a couple months ago, and I think that was probably the most fun that I've had doing anything, bar driving, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the past you know six months. It, it was really amazing. Um, I think every single time I got into it, I was really excited to see what was going to happen today, and. Judge Gumpert was phenomenal. Uh, really, really great man. Uh, really, really enjoyable to talk to. And I found that just being in the same uh, room as him, sort of seeing his day to day, gave me a really, really good understanding of everything that I could potentially have in store for me in the future. Um, I'm not really looking to become a judge, but maybe the door's always open. Um, yeah, and never know where life will take you exactly um and looking into it he he loves it um he he absolutely loves being a judge but during that time when i was marshalling judge gumpert uh we were handling a case relating to rape um obviously it's a terrible subject yeah uh, but the overall case itself was pretty interesting for me because i'd never seen a rape case um for judge gumpert I don't imagine it was anything particularly, um, you know, exciting. It was probably something he'd seen a hundred times, you know? And yeah, so during my marshalling, I was able to get a, I guess, 90, 90 degree FOV of the barristers and the jury. And it was able to give me a really, really good perspective on what makes a good orator and what maybe makes less of a good orator um because obviously they're qualified they've been doing you know amazing work they're criminal barristers which is really bloody difficult so for them they are better than you know 
99% of people at oratory. But obviously there were some little things that I noticed and um, I spoke to Judge Gumpert about it and it was something he had noticed as well. And he was like, yeah, I didn't like it. Um, it, it, it did have to do with sort of body language and certain words that we used, but it was, it was nothing massive. Um, but yeah, I think seeing that made me understand the sort of things that I'm going to try and eliminate once I'm a, a barrister. Uh, I'm going to try and make sure that I do the things that I really uh, liked seeing that they did and maybe not doing the things that I didn't like seeing. So, yeah, I think besides from me being able to see the criminal proceedings, uh, how the CPS works a little bit, and also just seeing, um, you know, everything within a court, I think that I was able to get the most out of the barristers who were talking. Uh, I spoke to a couple of them after I finished my marshalling, and it was really great. Uh, they were great people. Um, yeah, I think that's it for um, my current stage of where I am. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? Actually, I think this just would be for the benefit of any listeners who are wondering how you got that marshalling experience. Uh, could you say how you applied for it and what the process was like for it, just so that everyone knows? Um. Yeah, send them an email. <laughs> yeah, it's that sent, simple. Uh, yeah, I sent Woolwich Crown Court uh, an email. I said hi. I would like to uh, marshal. I, I sent them a cover letter as to why I would like to be a marshal. Send them my CV. Send them the dates that I'll be able to do, and that's it. Um, I think the Crown Courts, aside from the old Bailey, um, because they don't take any marshals on at all. Uh, I think it's because Which of the magnitude. Sense. Yeah, it's the magnitude of the cases and also how popular it is and all that. Yeah. So for the most part, um, I say about 85, 90% of Crown Courts would love to have marshals. Uh, there, there were a lot of marshals going on whilst I was marshalling. Um, but yeah, that's it. Was there anything else you had in relation to the marshalling? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, just a comment I'd like to add on is yeah. um, where you said that you know you and the judge discussed some things that you liked that barristers did and the things you didn't like i think that must have been some like really invaluable experience for you for your advocacy skills like in a courtroom because you've now got an idea of things that judges like from barristers yeah. and things that they don't like exactly um, it's the kind of insight you can't get without actually you know being in the room with a judge you see that was wonderfully put liam um <laughs> In fact, uh, I think you should become a barrister now. No, um, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's not for okay. me. It's, it's too late, mate. I've already put your name up, uh, University <laughs> of Law. Sorry, put your application, mate. I don't know if you've been looking, uh, but your passport's not at home. Uh, so Wait, don't say scary things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm about to check if it's missing. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't okay, look. it's there. Okay. I've checked. No, I've checked. It's there. Yeah, it's okay. I suppose it's impossible for a guy to put something back. But anyways, <laughs> just, just, just moving on. Um, yeah, uh, going off of what he said, and I did allude to it a little bit earlier, but he put a bit more depth into it. It was invaluable. Um because just just seeing the way he spoke about it it was clear that there were things that he really liked and things he really didn't like and i kept a mental note of it and that's never leaving me um although they are things that you know resonated with me anyway there are things that i already felt so um yeah it was really really good i loved it he just he just validated what i felt um but yeah is there anything else 
you had to ask because I did have a couple questions for you. No, I, I, I don't think I have any more questions for you on that one. So what did you want to ask me? Womble Bond Dickinson. Yeah. Three okay. words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was coming. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> well, so, relatively recently, um, I... Relatively? It was last well, week. Yeah, or... but it's last week as of recording. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so recently, uh, I was on a vacation scheme at Wombobon Dickinson as a part of their, well, training contract application. Um, I spent a week there, well, four days, really, um... Day one was a virtual day where, you know, I got a bunch of talks from various people within the business talking about various business areas, about uh, technology developments in the law from trainees and newly qualified <laughs> solicitors in the business telling us about um, well, what it's like working at the firm. So all of that was a good taster for what it would be like before I went in for my first day at the office. Um, overall, the vibe of the firm is very friendly very friendly, very nice. I, I don't really have a bad word to say about any of the people I met while I was there, and I met quite a few people. Um, yeah, so that was how my first day was, just a virtual day, but day two was my first day in the office. And so I was at their London office, um, and so first day in the office goes, I come in, um, I meet all the other va vacation schemers. We go into a big meeting room and then the IT department comes in and sets us up with our laptops that we're going to be using for the next three days that we're there. Um, and so as soon as I got my laptop, you know, you have to put in a password to even get to the actual login screen so that you can access other things on the laptop. And I couldn't log in whatsoever. My laptop was just broken. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the IT team, you know, they took it away. I didn't have a laptop for the first, like, hour and a half that I was there because mine just didn't work. Yeah. Um, so I had to watch everybody else set theirs up. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so they, they all get set up. They tell me that, so after we go on our health and safety tour of the office, they'll pull me back into that room and they'll sort me out with a laptop. Um, so I then go on a tour of the office after everybody else is set up. Um, we see, well, what everything's like and know where the ext fire extinguishers are, who the first aider is in the office, things like that. Um, just so that if anything happened while we were there, we would know who to talk to or what to do if the fire alarm went off. Um, and so that took about half an hour. I come back to that same room where the IT team was helping us with their laptops. And then finally, they got me a whole new laptop that they had to like load my profile onto from like from scratch or whatever. Um, and it worked that time, thank goodness, because otherwise I would have been really delayed doing anything. Um, but eventually my tech problems are sorted out. I go in, I meet my supervisor and I'm set some tasks. And so my first two tasks that I did on that day, um, and this is the same for all the vacation schemers, we didn't really work on any live or active cases because, you know, we're vacation schemers. They don't know if they can trust us yeah. with anything big. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I work on um, a fake heads of terms for a fake agreement that's not actually real um, about some laboratory that's being leased, basically. Um, and so I, I do a draft uh, of it based on what was a... Uh, what they had discussed and I'm given some attendance notes from a meeting that the two parties had where they agreed on certain terms and I just had to draft that 
into a template basically um again that was probably only like the third time i've ever done like proper legal drafting so that was pretty pretty interesting mm-hmm. but it wasn't that scary because i'd already done it before um yeah when i was at armstrong's like i'd said um so we did a bit I of do- legal drafting though um during undergrad that's true yeah we did but you know for undergrad the stakes feel <laughs> like they're, they they feel less because yeah. yeah even though i wasn't working on a real matter it felt real i don't know i guess it's just the environment that's what no. the environment will do to you yeah of course um yeah i do that i finish it i finish that in like so i started at 11 we went on lunch break at half 12 so i was finished at about 2 30 um with the drafting of the head heads of terms so i send that off to my supervisor um and i wait and see Uh, i don't find out about how i did on any of them until the last day anyway um and then i start working on the next one which was a settlement agreement that i was asked to draft again based on some meeting notes that were written and what they agreed on and then i also had to um label where i was i had incomplete information and so Uh, okay yeah so i you know filled in information where i knew what the parties wanted or where i had the information that i need to fill in so like one of them was again it was a fake company so it was like the company's full address (laughs) and the company's company's house number yeah obviously i i don't have those and i can't find those so i had to then highlight them in comments yeah you know needs to be provided by the company etc yeah um and so that's what i did for that just went through it you know and obviously everybody was nice so you know you could ask questions um so if whenever i had a problem i'd ask my supervisor i'd ask one of the other lawyers or trainees who are in the area because they just are happy to help um and so it was you know it was it was quite straightforward to get done and i finished the settlement agreement before i knocked off at five so i completed two out of three of my tasks in the first day um then come in for the second day um i then start the third task it was a research task about civil procedure and um the civil procedure rules on when something counts as being served um like when you're like serving notice or you're filing something with the courts stuff like that it was just it was it was a simple research task um I get that done at some stage during the day. Then my supervisor asks me, you know, if we can have a meeting to discuss my interview because my training contract interview was the following day, my final day at the firm. Yeah. So me and my supervisor sit down and we have a good conversation for about an hour about the firm, about the interview and about just generally some of the because the firm gave us the questions in advance, which I am so thankful for because it just takes so much of the stress away of going oh (laughs) goodness what are they gonna ask me yeah um so i spoke through some of my um answers with my supervisor my supervisor gave me feedback um um, if they thought it was good or not i also asked them about some questions or i was like i i have no clue what this is asking me how do i even approach this um we spoke about what kind of like the questions I had trouble with and like which ones I wasn't sure I understood what they wanted from me and so when I asked my supervisor about it you know they opened my eyes and like it's not just about work I don't have to just give an example from work or from my academic life Hmm. my personal life was perfectly acceptable to to give an answer for that and when I got to my interview using that advice that my supervisor gave me and I talked about 
it's that personal thing. Um, I uh, obviously I don't know because again, everybody at the firm is so nice, and you wouldn't know if you've messed up catastrophically. Mm. But they seem to really like my answer. They, I feel like I really hit all the points that they wanted me to hit in terms of like what the criteria they were marking me on was for. Um, but only time will tell. I have no clue. But it was ultimately very good experience. Um, I got a taste of what it's like working in a city law firm, which that was the first time I'd ever done that. It was overall brilliant experience and got to try out a couple different areas of law while I was there too. So... Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say on it. It was really good. And I was very, very excited when I heard that he'd gotten it. Because it was unbelievable. Because one more yeah. I couldn't one believe one. it either. <laughs> yeah. It was phenomenal. Um, I think that coming into it for your interview, I think it was very important that they highlighted that personal life is something they want to hear about. Yeah. Because they, they don't want, you know, they don't want a slab of stone. They want a human. A living, yes. breathing human with experiences not just formed from work or undergrad, you know? Yeah. They'd love to hear it. Yeah, no, um, and I, I think that's definitely true, you know? Because part of it is also, they're not just trying to see if you're capable of doing the job. There's lots it, of people who are capable of doing the job. It, it also matters on, do you fit in with the people that they have there? Are you exactly. the type of personality they want around the office? Exactly. Yeah. But... Otherwise, I think that's everything I oh, had to say about Christ. what my time was like at the vacation scheme. And I think, unless you have anything further to add, I think we are done. Yeah, I only just noticed that. All right, so Liam, we have reached well over an hour. I say well over, it's been six minutes. But we've reached over an hour now. Um, so I think that concludes it for now. Uh, we're planning on having other points of law that we talk about in future podcasts and we're hoping to get quite a few guests on uh, we're hoping to get some barristers some pupil barristers uh, junior barristers and also some trainee solicitors and solicitors um, hopefully in the long run we can get some judges <laughs> that'd be brilliant that'd be wonderful uh, that'd be really nice. i'm sure that everyone listening would love to hear it well, hopefully everybody enjoyed listening to that podcast. I know I had a lot of fun with this conversation. I hope you yep. did too, Kef. Um, so yep. please, everybody, make sure to follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Please make sure to leave a review, like, and tune in for our next episode when it comes out either next week or the week after. Yeah, we're going to stay committed. We're going to try and make sure we upload every week. <laughs> yes, well... Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We all hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next time.